Oh, I'm doing the intro. Oh, yeah. Can we start again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Leave it. Yeah, we can go on. Hello everyone and welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast, which this week is about as late as the Adelaide Crow's CEO apology to Eddie Bitswas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Alistair and as always I am here with Jack. Uh, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we didn't actually have to make this podcast just because Mark Rusciuto said some heinous stuff <laughs> in the morning that made us have to be like, oh no! Just quickly jumping in and saying, God... Adelaide have stuffed that up from oh, pillar to post. Every, and, like, I don't know what they thought was going to happen after all those players started to retire and talk about it. Like, uh, well, Who was it? It was um, he retired and, and played at Geelong for, like, a year. What was his name? Jenkins. Jenkins. He said that. Yeah. He said people are still playing, and once they stop, more yeah. news will come out. And he, he was the one who said he was in the group that didn't have the awful, like, they mm. had a bad time but not an awful time. But he was like, he spoke to some of the other boys, and he's like, it's not his place to talk about yeah. it. But, like... And now Eddie Betts has come out. <laughs> it's just it's just so wrong to be like, well, some people enjoyed it and some people hated it. If you put on a program in a professional environment where people are excluded or treated poorly, you've done Especially a bad job racist. and it's a failure overall. I, I think my favourite part was when Eddie Betts did the whole, um, you know, when, when we were asked what we were supposed to say to our families when we got home about the experience. Mm. And he said the exact quote Rory Sloan said to the media after the story broke. I was like, oh, no. Like, I, wonder, I wonder if he looked it up and was like, yeah, I'm put the exact uh, yeah that, that would be funny. <laughs> but like, it was just such a wild thing to see like side by side. Amazing. Anyway, it's a very heated start to the podcast. Um, so we should probably do votes before we get. Into yeah. It. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> my, um, my one vote this week was to Jordan Butts. I okay. thought his game was incredible. I know that the blues tools kick two each, mm-hmm. um, but I thought he just defended and repelled. Well, he had, uh, four contest one-on-ones won three of them. He had 16 spoils, six rebounds, and seven intercepts. So, like... That's pretty good. Without many disposals, almost everything he got prevented a mark or sent the ball back outside the 50, which I just thought was a really good game from a key defender. I really like Jordan Butts. I think he's a... You know I feel the exact same way. (laughs) Uh, Uh, And that's, yeah, one of the best games I've seen him play, I think. Yeah, and uh, I think he's been building. Um, Obviously, Adelaide have had it tough all year, but for him to, you know, come up against two of the... Well, I wouldn't say inform because Mackay's been out of form for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But two of the better key forwards in the competition, uh, he did a really good job. Yeah, uh, so right. I don't disparage that one at all. Uh, my one, I'm throwing it to someone who I don't think we've voted for this year. Uh, and I don't know what his first name is. Braden Maynard? Brandon yeah, Maynard? Brandon Maynard. Brandon Maynard. one of the two. Yeah, he did have a really good game. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling he was the cool head they needed this particular week for the win. Um, and they've needed, they a doing it? <laughs> they've needed a different one each week, whether it's side bottom, whether it's Pendlebury, whether it's Jamie Elliott popping up for a miracle. Um, it was, it was Maynard this week. It's like that. Good. It's like that. He can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> it's just like every week. He was good all week, Maynard, uh, all week, all, all day yeah, Maynard. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he had 12 intercept possessions, which is good enough on his own, but they were all. He's had a really interesting year this year where, like, I've thought he's been down on form, but he's really building as the year comes to an end, which is what mm. you want from your – I mean, he's not a senior player, but more senior players. I mean, he is. He's past 26, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it's what you want from your more senior players coming into finals. Like, you want them building now. You want them mm. to come into their best form before you hit that. And, yeah, he did play a really, really good game. Yeah, and uh, 
I, w- I would have liked to have given him more than one, but uh, I couldn't. So yeah, no, fair yeah. enough. My two votes was to Sam DeConing. Um, fair enough. He I... once again did an absolute number on Norton. He he was the only <laughs> of those like top seven in the Coleman to not kick a goal. He's the Norton killer. He's just smothers him. Yeah. Like I wonder if like the Bulldogs have to go. All right, we know everyone wants us to put Norton in defence sometimes. Maybe just against Geelong, we put Norton back and know. like. He had eight touches in the end of that game, Norton, and De Koning I thought you were going to say De Koning. I was like, that's not great. De Koning <laughs> finished with 14 disposals and six intercepts. Yeah, I had, a, I had a look at a couple of the Geelong defenders, and I felt like they all did a reasonable job, yeah. but not enough to like star and steal a vote game. Like Tom Stewart was good as well. Tom Stewart was good. That um, great. I thought the same about Zach Guthrie. Um, but yeah, I just thought De Koning. I think yeah. he, got, he got a few coaches votes as well. I think it was three or four. Yeah. Um, I just played a really good game. He just He's playing really well, especially against those forwards he'll be playing against for the next mm-hmm. six to eight years and i think that's the players he wants to play well on because if you can yeah. get a number on them early that's a really good sign yeah and uh i had him in my special mentions he's one of my three special mentions so uh well, i've got a couple so i'll let you know if if, if we match oh, we'll a, see. a vote well, to a special mention but. my two votes goes to new favorite of mine has been for a couple of weeks now uh keaton coleman Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a gun. 742 metres gained. Really good game. He has literally just slotted into Daniel Rich's spot, and uh, that's good for them. That's I, perfect. I heard, um, I think it was Noah Cumberland a couple of weeks ago, they were asking him, because he was on the Brisbane Academy, and they mm. um, Richmond bid on him, and Brisbane didn't have the points to match that year. Or they you know, didn't want to use their yeah, next yeah. three picks or whatever. Um, and they were asking if there are any of the boys that he played with, and he was he was, he gave a big shout out to it because they obviously just played Brisbane. And he was like, yeah, and Kadeem Coleman, I said, was in that same squad as him, and he's like, and he's just an absolute jet, like he, like he starred today. And I was like, he really did. Like, he is just a very very good footballer. Yeah, it's shame shame. It seems like he might be a little bit injury prone. I don't know if that's just a poor preseason or something, but um, he has killed it in the back half of this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just rocketed up the standings for us. Oh, absolutely, and and with um. You know, they, they no longer need to try and have Zorko in that spot with mm-hmm. how well Coleman's playing it. Like, he's playing it better than Zorko was, yeah. even when Zorko was doing it well. Like, he's just slotted in there. He is playing really, really good football. Um, yeah, I think it was seven score involvements he had as well from those mm. 30 touches. Just a really, really good game. It's very, it was very balanced, which is what you want from a half, half back. Yeah. My semi winger. My three votes, I really threw around where he was, um, kind of due to context, but Mason Redman. Um, he shock it and was, horror. I thought this was the week we were going to go ten for Mason Redmond. Uh, I, I, I jumped just, the gun and spoiled it. Was it the, it, was the, it was the North factor oh. for me a little bit, but also I thought because about it. My next two, I rated very highly for their games. Okay, that's fair. Um, he got ten coaches votes. Obviously, he was so far best on ground. Yeah. Um, he is entering genuine star territory. Like he was at the start of the year, us being like, I really like him as a yeah. footballer. But now he's just one of the best backs going around. I'd love he's to, so consistent. I'd love to put together a little compilation of every time we've talked about Mason Reds, uh, Mason Redman from round one to now. Oh, and, and how, how much our like, praise better. has just increased. <laughs> Pulled out the bullhorns again with another goal. I'm not sure about um, the bullhorns. It's, it's, it looks so silly, especially because he's got the hair tied back so tight. Yeah, it is. It, um, it is. But he's, he's so good. He's an incredible form. Uh, yeah. Well, I might as well talk about him now. Yeah, you, um, well. But... It's, it's the stat line here. I'm just going to go through each yeah. of them. 32 disposals, 10 marks, 8 intercept possessions, 97% disposal efficiency, Incredible. 8 score involvements, 3-1 percenters, 600 metres gained. I like the idea that he had 32 touches and one of them missed the target. Yeah. That's, that's in- a great game. Yeah. 
And you can argue against Northam. We have all year, but boy. He, he is a jet. Yeah. Um, I did say, I put in my comments about him. I was like, as you said about North, I said death taxes and a backman having a starring game against North. Like it, it, it just seems to be the case. If you're a good halfback and you play against North, you're going to yeah. rack it up. Yeah. But he just capitalized on it. What a game. Um, great footballer. So I'll jump in with my three votes. And this one is more of a, I don't know how big his influence on the game was, but I've just been loving watching him play. It's, Tom Barass again. I think this is like the third week in a row. So I've your three is my five. Oh, and my so three is your swapped. five. Okay, he was great. Um, um, yeah, it's he it, finished with nineteen disposals, but it was six intercepts. All six of those intercepts were rebounds. Mm-hmm. He also had five spoils. Eleven. I was going to say, what were the one percenters? Because I've just written down one percenters. Question yeah, mark. Yeah, he had eleven marks, and three of those were contested as well. And almost every touch he had was in the back half. Yeah, he played a really, really good game. It's a shame West Coast aren't getting across the line a little bit more. But it's, it's good because if he continues this form into next year and the years after, that's going to be great Absolutely. for them. And we've talked about him being captain material. He uh, really he is. Sh- he should be, um, 100%. Yeah, great great game. Well, here's the tester. Um, is our four going to be the same? I'm going to say no. No, because you've already voted for my four, which is Kadeen Coleman. Ah. Um, who I, yeah, brilliant. Nine intercept, seven score involvements, 30 touches off halfback. Yep. As you said, 700 odd metres gained. 742. Shit. I feel like I should have put him higher, but this is a tough one. My four, you might not even have him in your I special mentions. Oh, maybe my special mentions. Uh, Callum Wilkie. Callum Wilkie. He was in my votes. Okay, okay. Until I squeezed butts in because I thought it was just a really, really good yeah. game. And I can understand that. Uh, Callum Wilkie, this is one of those uh, Sam Collins kind of games for me. Yeah. You look at the stats and you go, what is he doing I wrote, here? I, when I had <laughs> Wilkie in my votes, I had the same thing written down. I was like, it's it's that Backman yeah. game we love. Yeah. Where he didn't dominate the stat sheet, but he dominated the backline. If you look at the opponents, specifically the tall ones in in uh, in the stats line, nothing. L- Lewis barely fired a shot. And um, Gunston had one goal. Yeah. It was, Bruce, sure. it was Bruce that shot up in the second half. And, and they had a, they had a um, obviously shared roles back there, but Wilkie is just... He's really tearing it up. He's having obviously a career best season, and I just think he's he's got something that a lot of St Kilda players don't have, which is like mongrel. Like he tries yep. every week, um, which you don't get from a lot of Saints players. Yeah, uh, and obviously he's got a big task this week coming up against either Hawkins or Cameron. You think he'd take Cameron, being that bit more agile? Yeah, probably. It really depends if Howard's back. I think he's touted to return, mm. and that will have a big influence on where Wilkie goes. But he's having a really really good year. Um, I just. Yeah, great footy. Uh, and then I guess our fives were... Uh, yeah, we, we swapped those. So, so I'm just going to run through that again. So I went one butts, two to Koning, three Redmond, four Coleman, five Barass. You went five... Coleman? Five Redmond? No, five Redmond. Five Redmond. Four Wilkies, three Barass, two Coleman, one Maynard. Write them down so you can put them on your... I will. I will. Wilkie. <laughs> the website. <laughs> this is usually easier. This is admin. Uh, um, welcome Coleman. to the admin hour. Was it... Was it th- oh. Was it three Coleman? Three Brass. Three Brass. Wow, you're terrible at this. this yeah, way. I am. Two Coleman and one Maynard. Yeah. I'm good. I got it. And could I get a large fries with that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sorry. That was a small latte. I'm sorry. It was my bad. Uh, almond milk, please. <laughs> Um, my special mentions as well as Wilkie. Oh yeah. Um, were Sam Taylor, who's just playing genuine football. Same. Stephen May as well. Same. They monstered Fremantle. Um, there's a lot to be said about Tabiner being in poor form, and we, I think, the very little we talk about forwards, we talked him up a bit preseason, mm-hmm. but 
he's really dropped off. He's, he has. He's, he's dropped down. Um, they've got the worst two best forwards combination in the AFL now. Really? Um, for goals scored. And that's hard to hear, not, not on here obviously, but we were talking about how the combination of Lobb and Tabiner and even Schultz was going really well for them. Yeah. And now um, Tabiner's not in there and the combination is Lobb and Schultz. Oh. And they're on the low, so lower than Larky and um, Zerha, Zerha. As, as a two forward combo. It's, it's interesting though because obviously you've seen Fremantle scoring just completely drop off. Yeah, the past since the bye, weeks. it's really been and each week. For them. Is it dropping by 12 points each week? Was that the stat? It was like. It's, what, are they going to go scores in a few weeks' time? Yeah, it's well, bizarre. It, they um, Melbourne destroyed them. That was yep. a before halftime. There were some moments where I thought Freo were going to be unlucky. There were some decisions that went either way and just bounces the ball kind of stuff. But that second half, it was gone. Yep, they had uh, they were done. Yep, um, and half. You know, it wasn't like I was barely paying attention, but it was about halfway through that game. I went, oh, this is in yeah. WA and raining. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> um, they yeah. It's like um, it, they, they turn to water when the water comes out of the sky. They've been awful in the wet, which is strange because they've got contested beasts. They do. But I think their game relies so heavily about skillful ball use, especially coming out of the back Yes. And, and those players were good again. Like your Ryans yeah. and your Pierces, those players played really young. good footy. Young again, he's a star. We don't. We, have, we haven't been giving them any votes the but last couple of weeks. They just kind of got pulled apart in the midfield. Yeah. Um, like Oliver didn't even have to have a great game, but Petrarca dominated. And yep. Viney's, Viney's hit a Brayshaw in the midfield as well. Insane. Brayshaw had to go back into the middle and tore it up. Like they're playing really good footy again and, in Melbourne. And like Andrew Brayshaw on the other side had a great had game. Had a great game, yeah, absolutely. It became ineffectual because of no one else around him lifting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when your top seven players on the field are your back six and one midfielder, it's a little depressing. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been... Smacked. <laughs> my my other special mention was a bloke who's playing north. Apparently, <laughs> I've tried to squeeze into votes a few times and haven't been able to in the last few weeks. Is Ryan Gardner? Um, I think for a oh, bloke yeah. who I was like, oh, he's now playing for the Bulldogs. He's their best back at the moment. Um, his effort is phenomenal, which is something that you want from a key back, especially one like Gardner, who is very unassuming. He's a mid-season draftee, right? Yeah, or, or a supplemental pick, because he was on Geelong's list. I don't think he played. He played VFL, no, got delisted. I think he was mid-season, because I think he got drafted and then played the next week. Yeah, and he's been this year really solid, and especially the last few imagine, weeks. Imagine if they hadn't picked him up. Oh, <laughs> the backline this week, would have, after dropping Keith, would have been just Gordy. Mitch, Mitch Hannon playing on Jeremy Cameron. Oh, that was not good. Um, it's 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 shocking how, like, I wouldn't call their forward line A+. Plus, but they've got no. a good forward line. I, I, but Bruce, uh, Bruce has made hey, Eugle Hagen's game better yes. since coming back, but Bruce has hardly fired a shot. He but he doesn't need to because if Eugle Hagen can kick five yeah, goals, uh, and Bruce, he Bruce looked on at the start of that game. But their, midfi- their midfield's A+. Definitely. Should be far better. I would than say playing. their forward line's like a how, B. But how do they keep getting smashed in contested ball when their midfield is full of? It's got Liberatore, Dunkley, McRae, Bontempelli, obviously Smith's back now. Like how do they keep getting beaten in I the d- middle? I, I genuinely don't know. And it might be. And you see, you've seen it happen in the past couple of years where they'll get taken to task by a team lower than them, um, like a lot lower. Yeah. And it's all lost in the midfield for for the fact their midfield is a plus. Maybe it's just the wrong mix. Yeah, it's it's very strange because they got comprehensively beaten, especially in the second half of that game. I stopped watching. But even from the second quarter, like it wasn't even a like the first quarter they controlled it. Geelong pulled mm. it back in. In the second quarter, had Geelong taken their opportunities, could have been just as ugly as the third. Mm. 
And it was all through that middle. Like everything in the middle of the ground, they just got smashed. And if you look at those midfields side by side, that should not have happened. To be fair, I definitely think there's way more talent on the Bulldogs midfield. But when you look at players like Atkins and Selwood, it's not talent. It's, it's the application. And, the, and Dangerfield playing like the Dangerfield yeah, four or five years actually, ago, like a man possessed. If you have it, yeah, that midfield was, is, I, I think I made a joke about it on the couch at the time. I was like, I would be terrified if I saw that I was lining up on Atkins, Guthrie, Selwood and Dangerfield. Because yeah. they are just going to run into you. Like that's yep. just they, they have no self-preservation. They are all that kind of footballer. And that's what happened. The Bulldogs pulled away, pulled out of the contest a lot. Especially even English after Segler was just playing like he does and just running into the ruck and <laughs> later on just kill. cleaning up Waitman. <laughs> but English disappeared from that game as well. And I think maybe maybe that's the Bulldogs' problem. Maybe their handball game, which is their strength. Yes. And when they get it going, it's fantastic. But maybe they are, I don't want to use the word when soft. there's too much pressure on. But maybe they are a bit too outside. Yeah. But it's... But Liberatore's there and he's a fucking gun. gun. <laughs> and there I, you go. Ed Richards off the halfback and coming to the middle is a very good footballer. Yeah, we should probably... We mentioned earlier that how has he not had a vote yet? Because it's crazy. He's um, had a very good year. We talk about him every single week. <laughs> We're watching the Bulldogs game. Oh, like, I love Ed Richards. We love Ed Richards. Um, uh, no votes. Even when the Bulldogs had like... Two votes for the whole year. Yeah, yeah. No, none for Richards. It's just Dale. Yeah. Gardner's got a special mentions. Uh, no, I didn't. Never mind. I thought I had a brain fade and I gave a vote to uh, Cordy. Cordy. <laughs> oh, he's he's all right. I don't know where I put him. I don't know, but I don't know where he's meant to play. He's a premiership player. It doesn't matter. He is, but I don't know where he's meant to play. He's like a, he's a backman out of necessity. He's a third tall forward or a third tall back. And he's playing as neither. <laughs> he's playing as the tall back yep. this week. Um. Strange decision. It's, it's one of those situations where his height uh, is his problem. So, obviously, he's quite tall. If they had a back line, they would be a very – a much more threatening team. I feel like you look at – Yeah. Geelong scored – That's what I was trying to say. I said their yeah. forward line was B, their midfield, midfield was A, and you didn't let me finish. Yeah, I was going to say their defence is <laughs> a D. Their midfield should be A, I think, is where we got distracted. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, th- their back line – that John scored in that second and third term from fifty percent of inside fifties. Which that's is a stat horrifying. that you just told me, but I did not take it in. Say it again. They scored from fifty percent of inside fifties in the second and third term. That's terrible for Bulldogs, yeah. though. Like if you, if you're letting the opposition score, obviously there's that. some points in there, but half the time they go inside, you're going to yeah. get monstered most weeks. Mm. And that they've done that coming up against some much more average forward lines than Geelong's, which is quite potent this year. Yep. Um, <laughs> Uh, All right, yeah, quick okay. break. i got to figure out. Uh, <laughs> this episode brought to you by Back Pocket NFTs can be yours for just one Bitcoin, and they will all have Simon Prestigiacomo's face on them. <laughs> Robbed for all Australia in the year Pavlich won it. Robbed! That intermission was sponsored by Whiskers. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was unexpected, but... <laughs> We're back. Um, yeah, I just think if, if the Bulldogs were able to have a full-strength back line, like if, if they could get a genuine key back in, if you, ha- if you could have Keith as your second key back and then either Cordy or Gardner as your third, I think they'd be a much stronger team well, I in think general. Before the cat incident happened, I was trying to say uh, Cordy's issue is his height. So the problem is a lot of key forwards these days are 200 centimetres plus. Your king's. Your Mackays, a whole, a whole bunch of them are huge. And you can't put 
your regular like 195 centimeter defender on them, you have to put someone who's like a cordy. And that's where you're going to see a lot of players like De Koning specifically be the next kind of key defender because they're tall. Ben Mackay as well. You're going to need that one to be your number one defender it, instead of their normal role, which is the intercept. It was really funny because there was like a few things that, that kind of roll into this. I've been thinking about this week that are like kind of all unrelated. The first was obviously Mundy being drafted as a fullback. And was becoming he? a midfielder. Yeah. Well, 192 centimetres in yeah, I guess the so. early noughties was... Early noughties. Mid noughties. Was a fullback. 1936. Right? When like he was that, drafted. Yeah, yeah. When he won the Rising Star in uh, <laughs> <laughs> in pre-war. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that like that was a fullback at the time because mm. full forwards were 195 and that made sense. Yeah. And then like, we were looking at... I was looking at Polly Farmer today and he was 191 centimetres tall and he was like the ruck. And John Nichols, who was obviously the other yeah. great ruck at the time, was 189 centimetres mm. tall. And, like, obviously these blokes were massive units. Like, they were built like trees. Yeah. But other than that, they were, like, they were midfielder size now. And the game does evolve past that. And and it's it's been rapid, I think, especially in the last five to ten years, how much that's happened. Because I remember Luke Darcy playing ruck for the Bulldogs. Mm. And he'd struggle to play a key position spot now. Um, he'd be, like, a second or third tall, not yeah. key. Um, and football's just changing, and it is unfortunate for people like Cordy, who now have to play that third role. Yeah. He's more designed to take on a Rowan or a Fritch or well, a, the thing. They a used Silvani to, even. They used to take the Ruckman yes. when they'd rest forward, yeah. and it was easy for them to get intercept marks and play through them. You can't do that now because they have to play on genuine monsters. Yeah. Um, and it's great for the game because you're seeing a lot of goals get kicked by tall forwards. Not probably as many Not as Not huge bags, want. but more forwards more consistently kicking yeah. goals. Like if you look at this year's Coleman race and the players above 40 goals, mm-hmm. it's, it's been it's, a while. Yeah. It's usually there's a top five and then two We've or three We've already got three or four above 50. Yeah. And then a few more, above, uh, way more above 40. Yeah. Um, which is so good to see because mm. we're seeing bags kicked and consistent twos and threes every week as well. Yeah. So it's good for watching, but mm. not good for defenders. <laughs> No, um, but hey, but on, the game on, will evolve around it. Defense will always be the key part of football, and they will find ways to. to oh, and to, and that's it. And, and people talk lament about the low scoring, and that's because team defense keeps getting better, and they'll find ways to avoid it. Obviously, um, but it's just how it works. The other the other thing I was gonna say, we can't really talk about it because, um, it would take too long. But, like, I feel like if you were to do a ranking of, like, teams' backlines, the Bulldogs would come in close to last. Like, there are much worse teams with much better backlines. I'd probably put, I'd put North above them. Oh, absolutely. Mackay and Walker is a genuinely good. They perform very well under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Essendon now, with the way yeah. Zerk Thatcher stepped up. Ridley well, has been playing yeah, good, too. And, and Ridley and Redmond well, playing great football. Um, North also, uh, on their best day, will have players like Zeebel and Hall back there yes. who can... Yeah, Zebel's kicks aren't that great out of D fifty, but no. I'd still rate it over Mitch Hannon. <laughs> like, and I'm not. I feel bad for Mitch Hannon, but I, he's, he's a forward. He's a premiership forward. <laughs> Is he? No, he's not. No, he's he, not. He was in between premierships with those yeah. two clubs. Poor guy. No. Yeah, he missed both. Yeah, he's a, but he is a, he's a forward. And he's a, a forward. few weeks ago, he played one of the best games I've seen him play as a forward. And the next week, he was playing half back. Mm-hmm. It's it's a confusing one. But jo- uh, meanwhile, Jason Johansson. He's playing forward. Get the first goal of that game. I, I think the problem with that might be his actual defensive capability. His yeah. running's great, but, you know. Saw uh, Chris Mayne is playing Waffle. I was surprised by that until this weekend, playing for Perth. Uh, who I younger think than David Mundy, right? Very bad. Um, he's, he is, I think, younger than David Mundy. <laughs> um, when he and, Mund- he and Mundy were running for free at that time, it was very confusing. Yeah, like those two, they like, looked very similar. 20-something-year-olds with long, curly, brownish, blonde hair running through the midfield. Um, his Chris, kicking out of the back line has got to that level now. Like 
the fact that he's in his 30s. Mm. Um, he was obviously, like, you could tell he was a level above in terms of footy smarts, but he'd turn and kick out of the back line. You're like, oh, no, Chris Mayne. I loved him. Uh, obviously, I'm a Carlton fan, so I never enjoyed Collingwood doing well, mm. but I loved watching him play for oh, Collingwood. Oh, he was great. He was, he never gave up. All he guts. always tried. That photo Whenever of him they after lose, that grand final was heartbreaking. And his face, it, it breaks my heart. I'd never want Collingwood to win, but... Man, Chris Bain was a trier, and you can't fault that. It was such a hard grand final to decide who you wanted to win that Collingwood-West Coast one. I, I, I was on West Coast. I I was on Collingwood, and that's just because of personal reasons. But <laughs> looking back, I probably would have been more sad if they'd, they'd, they'd The storyline from that whole game with Sheed kicking that goal from that whole that passage of play. And then I drank a whole bottle of gin and threw an axe around and vomited in a pub. <laughs> So hopefully West Coast don't win another one anytime yeah, soon because well, I will not survive if that lose again. one, my dad might lose his other eye. So <laughs> Yeah, well, if you make the grand final this year, I will be win. backing you pretty hard just so that he doesn't go completely blind. Keep that one safe. <laughs> what a night. We were coming here and I was like, hey, man. <laughs> I was so, I was vibing and then suddenly I had to go to the hospital to look after your one-eyed dad. Oh, yeah, you took him an iPad. <laughs> I did. It was pretty <laughs> I, um... <laughs> We've got a few weeks of footy again that shape the eight. These teams oh, don't want to make to the, Welcome eights. to the part of the podcast where Jack lists 12 games no, I'm not, in a row. No, no, we, we listened to them last week. Out. We've already done it. <laughs> no one wants to make the eight at this point. Like, Freo and Carlton are trying to lose their way out currently. No, I don't want to talk about Richmond that. Richmond and the Bulldogs clearly don't want to force their way in. St Kilda's there by accident. St Kilda's going to make it. They're not just sitting eight. Like, this is great. If they they could lose this week, and but if Bulldogs lose to Freo... Very possible, and Richmond lose to Port in Adelaide. Also very possible. St Kilda are still just sitting there. Mm. It's 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 bizarre. It seems wrong, but like it could happen. I, but St Kilda's We've gone from oh, you're going to need thirteen or fourteen wins to make the eight. So twelve to, will do it. To twelve will do it at best. Yeah, <laughs> thirteen will lock you in. Yeah. Um, it's it's very strange. I, and Gold Coast is still alive because the other teams are all losing. I love to see it. Hopefully, Mabby or Chol and Casbolt can have another How bag session Chol? again. Chol and Fritch are the only people who've kicked a goal in every game this year. Charles still on that list. He's still there. He's still going. Surprise, Fridge is still on that list. So am I. Just keeps nabbing up. Yeah. Um. He was dominant against Freo. Loves the game in Perth. Destroyed Geelong. Destroyed Bulldogs. And he just kicked a bag against Freo. He just keeps going. Mm. It's his favourite ground. I wonder if he just likes a bigger ground. Maybe. Maybe. More room. Yeah. In that forward pocket. That, for that hair. It's very quaffed, isn't it? It's He's got a lot going on, Fridge. He's a, he's a strange man to look at. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just like... <laughs> The hair and the features are strong, and he's kind of a bit gangly, but he's not that tall. Like, he looks tall in, like, shape, but he's not, and that confuses me as well. You know, we've reached the bottom of the barrel of the uh, podcast the shape of talking Bailey about shaped hair. <laughs> like, not the Ra- AFL Ra- exchange talking about uh, Ben Keyes' hair. He played a very good defensive forward role. If you can give votes for defensive forwards, I would have he, given him one. He... Playing on Saad, kicking Bobbed three. Bobbed up and a couple. Nullified his own game. Yep. Got those goals to kind of make up for it. But nullified his own game to remove Saad's influence from the contest mm-hmm. and did a great job of it. Like, he was probably the most influential player on that ground without having many touches at yep. all. I, well, I think he still ended up with, like, 18 or 19. Yeah, but not to his normal but 30, I've, I've 35. I've been saying it all year. I think Ben Keyes is one of the best midfielders in the competition. He's, he's good. And I know you don't 100% agree with me, and you're like, oh, there's always there's always... You know, so many better, but I still, I genuinely would put him around the top 10 and I, I hate, I, I'm not going to budge on that opinion. I still don't think he goes top 10. I think he does. He's not even the best midfielder of their club. 
You think Rory Laird? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. Laird is a jet. Rory Laird's a tackle machine, don't get me wrong. And a disposal. He had, he had 10 and 30 a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I understand that. Didn't he have 20 and 30? 20 and 30. He had That's 20 tackles. That's a huge game. Um, I, I still I think overall Ben Keyes well, I, I really like Ben This Keys. is a hill that I'm going to die on. What a steal. Oh, 100%. Incredible. State night stuff. Like, he, he was picked up for absolutely nothing. DFA. And is one of the most influential players in that team. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, I think they've got, for a bloke who was going to be the next big thing, they've got rut concerns. I think O'Brien has slowed down yes. on what people thought he was going to be tremendously. And the fact that he doesn't have the speed and athleticism that your yeah, English and Gorn and those kinds of rucks now have is really working against him. Um, and I think it's uh, a relic that's soon to go from rucks in the AFL is those lumbering yeah. rucks. I think Darcy's got a little bit of upside to his game in the sense that he is very talented as a footballer. Like, he, he might not be fast. But he is, but I'd be worried about it. And I think that might be why they're going after Jackson. Yeah, because um, you'd rather have that the other way around. But I feel like all of the up-and-coming rucks in the leagues Absolutely. are... Athletes. Athletes. Because you look at... Well, you look at the Mackays and, and De Koning and that, you look at these blokes playing key position roles mm-hmm. as athletes and they're the size of Ruckman. Mm-hmm. So, like, both De Konings, obviously, and both Mackays. Yeah. But obviously Ruckman are going to have to enter that mould if those size footballs are coming through. Like, obviously Gorn and Grundy have been the top two Rucks yeah. for quite some time, but English is coming through, same mould. Very mobile, yeah. Uh, Marshall, same mould. Like, Jackson, it's, same mould. It's really funny when, like... When Sandlands used to play at his height, he's it was a... always the case of like, oh, but he's so tall. But now there's blokes that are basically the same height who play. And aren't 700 yeah, kilos. Who don't do that weird like lumber that he used to do. You look at Mason <laughs> Cox move around the football field. And despite the fact that he might be a bit awkward, Mason Cox is clearly an athlete. Yeah. And there's blokes out there who are 209 and 210, which realistically when you get into that height and we're asking for two centimetres difference, it's not really much, mm. who move like foot- like footballers. Yeah. And it means that I feel like you're not just going to get to play being Sandland's height anymore. I, I was shocked to find out Darcy Cameron was as tall as he is. He Huge. does not move yeah. like someone that who's, what is he, 206 centimetres? Yeah, big boy. Um, I thought he was like 198. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 interesting. Do you remember when Sandland's used to get like turf toe? Because he would move so slowly and just dig his toes into the ground. He was, anyway. a, he was a unit. And he, he played waffle for so long because it was like, he was just tall. We have so unfairly ripped on a couple of Fremantle players today. <laughs> I think we have. What's really funny is we got a request to talk more about Freo, and we we're like, "Man, let's just lay into him." Uh, well, David Mundy's one hundred and four. Nice. Chris Main cries a lot, and Sandlands was lumbering. Uh, David Mundy is a gun and yeah. a fantastic player, and it will be sad to not see him line up for Fremantle anymore. And yeah. I'm going to ruin this perfect Fremantle moment by saying Josh Kennedy's retirement is sadder to It's me. a more <laughs> significant moment. Like, Josh Kennedy is... I think Josh Kennedy was, for a long time, the best forward craft footballer in the yep. AFL. He still might be. I'm, I'm a Carlton supporter, and I love watching him every single like, week. He still might be. There was... I, I think every Geelong fan still has, like, recurring nightmares about that game, where Geelong were about five goals up. Yeah. You talk about it every week. <laughs> I, I remember way more of it, because obviously I was there, so bits of it. I remember Guthrie taking that absolute hanger Playing on and getting tackled, and if he just turned around and kicked it into the forward line, probably would have gone. Oh, to I the remember sealer. that. Took the only hanger I think he's ever taken. Mm-hmm. Tried to play on, got run down holding the ball. But then there was that bit in the forward line where Nat Nui palmed it perfectly to Kennedy. I saw it today with an analysis I'd never seen. Kennedy gives him a hand signal before the ruck tap. 
That's interesting. Because you'd see most these days the forward take that ruck. Yeah, yeah. And contest. Nat Nui just palms it down and Kennedy roves it like a you know 180 centimetre small forward and just pings it through. And that leveled the scores at the time. Mm. His forward craft was just phenomenal. And for a man that size... He just kept playing. He was injured. He was carrying so much. I, I just, He'd I, probably still lead the goal scoring this year, wouldn't he? I, Dak, J- Darling wouldn't have had time to catch him. Mm, yeah, it'd be close. I'm not sure who's going to be leading that. Clearly those two are beating Freo's two forwards, um, whoever they are. But yeah, I think it's just the fact that he was no nonsense. You never saw him complain. You didn't see him Yeah, piss, One of the absolute most loved players, I think, in the AFL. So that's two, two WA icons retiring as of yeah, and this week. And It's kind of a shame, I think, that Kennedy's going out. Doesn't matter. He got the premiership in the home a few game. years ago. But I would have really loved to have seen it to be in a derby. I would have loved to have seen them play mm. their last games together in a derby. And yeah, they could have. Monday might play the week after. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we know Kennedy won't, but Monday might. Monday might play finals. Like it's. <laughs> that's a very good point. I forgot about that. It's <laughs> a good chance he will. Um, but and his last home game is very likely to be yeah. that game. But um, that's probably a good place to. Cut it off. It'll be a bit of a shorter episode. Yeah, sorry, um, sorry, Fremantle fans. We'll say nice things eventually. Yeah, hopefully you win a few and scrape back up to that top five bracket so you can get a home final and maybe we'll give some vo- more votes to Brennan. Cox. I haven't seen him in a while. The rain stays away. <laughs> um, adios, amigos, vamanos, and keep smiling. God, I don't know what that means. El nombre. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.